Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I would like to apologize in advance for my sniffliness. Not forgiven. Duly noted. (laughs) I'm going to do my best not to sniffle into the mic. I did finish crunching my Neckos before we started. Now that is something you can prevent. Yes, I did not. I, I want it. I found it sonically unpleasant, and I was the one crunching them. I so. also found it sonically unpleasant. I was the one sitting here across on the table with you with your voice in my headphones. Yeah, nobody wants to. Justin hates them podcast. so much. No, he says it's like you're chewing chalk. Yeah. It does have Which that. is already my worst nightmare. Uh-huh. It, it's bad. Yeah. Ooh, don't think about that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize oh. that we brought that up. I know. Why are you just doing all of this to our ears? I'm sorry. (laughs) Sniffles and echoes the imagery. I don't know. I don't know if it's if I'm getting a cold or if my allergies. I'm not clear on that yet. Aren't you a doctor? Uh, yes. But (laughs) shouldn't you shouldn't you know that? (laughs) I mean, the symptoms can be similar. I'm sneezing a lot. I'm beginning to think it might be allergies. Uh, I I wanted to share with you all, our our mother gave us a couple years ago a uh because she had it at her house and charlie admired it mm-hmm. which you know what happens if you admire something at mom's house she gives it to she you, gives yes. it to you forcibly yes. yes which is very kind and i love her for that yeah. however my children admire many things <laughs> everything so. some might say yes so please don't give them everything <laughs> they admire because there's a limit to how many things i want in my house uh but this was a um a manger scene, a main, mm-hmm. a nativity set, mm-hmm. uh, peanuts themed. Okay, in which Woodstock uh, lies in place of baby Jesus. That's good. I was going to ask, and I was hoping that was the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Charlie loved it and wanted it, so we brought it home. And this year, we discovered that through moving and boxing, and then also Cooper. Mm-hmm. The heads had been broken off most of the members of the Peanuts gang. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't continue to... I've tried to glue them back on now for two years, and Mm -hmm. it's just they're all off now. Oh, Mm -hmm. no. And so so I told... uh, Charlie was devastated, so I said, okay, fine. I will buy a new one. Yeah, you will. (laughs) So I did. I replaced it. We put it up, and that same day... Cooper broke the legs off two of them. <laughs> Cooper. Both Lucy and Linus are now missing their legs. And so I am I have devoted I I'm only sharing this so that you both know that a good portion of my week has been devoted to gluing body parts back on peanuts characters in a nativity scene. Well, that's I good. Mean, you are a doctor, so that's yeah. you know. I guess I'm uniquely suited to that yeah. task. It's like surgery, right? I don't even like the thing. I don't even want. I've. What now? I. Why do you have it within reach of your very small baby? That's what I want to know. Like, well, this is what <laughs> you, you could prevent this. <laughs> Sydney said, "Well, I didn't plan on you calling out the one flaw I made." Yeah. Well, this is what Justin said. Like the fourth time I was gluing Linus's <laughs> legs back on, he was like, "Why did you not put it somewhere where the baby can't get it?" And that's an excellent question. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. 
So maybe, that story was, Justin did ask the same exact question. I still did not have an answer. Maybe deep down inside, I just don't want it. <laughs> you wanted Cooper to break it, so you could say, oh no, not my fault. That's it. We just no. can't have a manger scene. It will always be broken. Mm-hmm. But I have glued it back together again. It is currently intact and up out of Cooper's reach, but I don't I don't know where it will live for the season. <laughs> I don't I don't know why it's so important to Charlie. I don't think she's ever seen a Peanuts cartoon, read a Peanuts comic That's what I was going to ask. Or in any way yeah. encountered the Peanuts characters. Yeah. So I have no idea how she has so much affection for this thing. I think what you should do is just get some like Peanuts toys, which are which are made to not be broken, and just sub out all the manger people with just some some action figures, some Peanuts action figures, because <laughs> mm-hmm. then it's just not breakable. Or well, just regular action figures. Well, that's what I was or gonna just say. Regular- if we're gonna do that, if we're gonna do that, I we have a lot of action figures, guys. Yeah. That this we could get really creative oh, with. Oh, yeah. And Charlie loves to be creative. Why don't you just say like, "Hey, we got a better idea. Why don't you just pick the action figure that's gonna be the baby and who's gonna be Mary?" And I would just love to see what she'd come up with. I bet it'd be really good. <sighs> yeah. We uh, we have filled their advent calendar with little teeny um, like. Uh, I don't know what they are. They're little stocky figures. You're doing They're great like so short, <laughs> squat little uh-huh. figures of uh, superheroes. Okay, all right. Uh-huh. Of all the Marvel people. Okay. And like, I think there might be some bad guys too. I don't know. I didn't see any of those movies. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. But all those movies, mm-hmm. Marvel. You didn't see any of the Marvel movies? No. I've seen a Spider-Man. You've seen one Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. I have seen... And Spider-Man. I've seen more than one. I don't know which ones. There Do you are know different. who Spider-Man was? Yeah, which the Spider-Man one you, did you I see? saw the one... Uh, yeah, I saw the one you all like. Oh, okay. I like Tom Holland. That one. You saw that Homecoming? One? Yes. Okay. And I saw the old one with Tobey Maguire. Yeah, we mm-hmm. don't talk about that. Okay. <laughs> I love Tom Holland. Well, all we don't these talk other about ones, the third one, I should say. <laughs> All these other ones that have different names that that circle the word Avengers, right? I haven't yeah. seen any of the those. Avengers films. <laughs> is what you're referring to? I haven't seen any of those, so I don't know. I don't know who a lot of these people are that we put in the advent so calendar. But Charlie's very excited about them. Cooper's excited because they're small and they're people. I think that's really her whole thing. Anyway, my point was that I think any any one of them would be a great stand-in. For the baby Jesus. I think it should be a little as pet shop. She has lots of options okay. there. Well, I, I just let, let her variety. creativity run wild. I want to see the, the, the manger scene that Charlie would come up with. So far they've unwrapped Hulk and She-Hulk and baby Groot. <gasps> and Baby Groot as the baby. Oh. Spider Gwen. Oh, nice. Yeah. Or baby Yoda. The ultimate we baby. Do- we do have a, a Baby Yoda ornament on Cooper's tree. So maybe that would be nice. good. Someone wrote a Dear Theodosia parody that is Dear Baby Yoda. I heard that. It's very good. It is very this good. is I, for any of you who have not heard it. I was contemplating what we talked about with Baby Yoda last week. That like, what is his, if his name is Yoda, is he like, is his, the whole race of Yoda, like are they all Yodas? And But then that wouldn't make sense for his name to be Yoda. No. 
because then that would be like if my name was human or homo sapien. Mm -hmm. Nice to meet you. I'm homo sapien McElroy. That would be very strange. First name baby, last name Yoda. So, well, I asked Justin, I said, so what is Yoda's like species? What's his race? Like, what is he? Mm -hmm. No, there. And he said, he doesn't, there isn't one. There's too few of them. Yeah, it's it's not recorded. I mean, well, in lore. <laughs> How do you people know this stuff? And I went, well, where does he come from? And he went, from the mind of George Lucas. <laughs> and I said, I give up. <laughs> I mean, that is valid. That's true. <laughs> I I really I feel like we're going to uh to Disney right at the at the right time because mm-hmm. you know that you know there's going to be so much sweet sweet Baby Yoda merch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But it's not Yoda. I don't know. No. I'm not going to get into this again. No, it's Baby Yoda sipping on his tea. On his soup. Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. That's another cartoon we found. Wow. Flying in a pod, Baby Yoda. <laughs> Do you want to keep going? No. Okay. I'm done now. <laughs> hey, speaking of, speaking of flicks. There we go. I was going to say, we're about to going on 10 minutes of whatever this was. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did not take any cold medicine, although you would think I had. I took two hours of sleep. Oh, finals week. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's, mm. you know, I don't want to say get used to it because it's, no, don't. It's bad for you, but we've all been there. Uh, so movies that are great and relevant to the podcast that we do. Uh, I propose Booksmart. Ah, yes. Yes. Uh, we have, it's, it's not like it just came out. Well, so it, that would have been good if we were that on top of it. It but. was just, I think it just started streaming on Hulu recently. I think like the last ah. couple weeks. Mm. That's how. That's why I saw it. I didn't, I didn't go to theaters. Sorry. I would have supported it. I just don't, I don't go to the movies. I rented it on the old, the old iTunes. And that's what I was going to say. I watched it at home too, but I don't know how. Probably that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Justin just makes things happen on the internet and on the TV for Sydney and Sydney just goes, "Oh yeah, you made it happen." Yes. I, I a movie. I, poor guy, he now lives under this ex- expectation I have, which is anything any mm-hmm. form of media I ever want to see on our television, I assume he can make it appear because I don't know how any of it works and he's always done that. And so I'll be like, "We'll get this movie." And he's like, "What do you want?" And I'm like, "I don't know, just find it." That was like on, on Thanksgiving there. when they were watching football and you just said, Justin, make Ratatouille happen on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> he usually can make it happen. He uh, didn't make Ratatouille happen on the TV. Well, he oh, tried yeah. really but hard. He did, he, then he went to a different TV yeah. and made it happen there. <laughs> but he uh, he did make Booksmart happen on the TV in, a, in some sort of legal fashion. We mm-hmm. did not watch it illegally. Nor did I. <laughs> and I don't know. Did anyone... <laughs> What are you trying to say, Sid? I just always like to clarify that. Well, I and think, uh, especially where it's like kind of more like smaller, independent movies are concerned, you really want to support those movies somehow. <laughs> yes, I think that's important. I, I agree completely, and and I I would not want to insinuate otherwise. But we did watch it, and uh, and now we've all watched it, and it is it's relevant to us and you. So let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first of all, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was as did I funny and insightful and smart. And would you say book smart? Ha ha! Now you made that joke. I did. You set me up for it. The one. It's time. weird. 
it's weird because it I I felt like it was especially fitting for us to talk about on this show because there were things in it that I so can't relate to because of when it, it's set in the now. Right. Uh, and that is not the world in which I'm a teenager. But then there are themes in it, which, of course, I can connect with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, f- I felt like that was, this, that, that's like the synopsis of our show. Mm-hmm. So there that's, you go. Yeah, that's good. You know, little elevator speech you did right there about <laughs> still buffering. If you haven't seen it, it's the, it's very basically, um, and I guess we are going to have spoilers. I think that's fair oh, to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there will be spoilers. But just generally speaking, it's it seems like a pretty straightforward teen movie. Yeah. Two two girls at the end of their senior year of high school uh want to go out and party one last time. Yes. Well, cuz they've been good. Yes. And they want to have one big party before their high school experience ends. They have realized that all the people they thought were slacking because they were partying also are doing well after high school and are going to good colleges like they are. Well, I, so they're making up for lost time. I like the differentiation that one of the two girls feels that way. The other one's like, yeah, we're fine. <laughs> like we spent the yeah, whole that's true. I'm fine with what we did the whole time. Like, you know, I kind of I related a lot more to that character cuz it's like, yeah, I didn't go to parties in high school. I I knew that they were going on. I, I I'm not I'm okay with that. <laughs> no, see, I I uh related very strongly to Molly. Uh yes. I bet I bet you did. <laughs> Because I, <laughs> I live with so much FOMO, it's overwhelming, oh, man. <laughs> and I am constantly worried that like, I, I that would have been me, but I I worked so hard and I and I gave up all that because I thought it was necessary, and then to find out it wasn't, I I think I would have been similarly devastated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it was not hard for me to relate to the characters, but that that situation, I I think I did the. The both. I don't want to say I was the slacker, the partiers that they show at the beginning that none of them like or neither of them like, but ended up going to good schools. Um, but I, I did do a good a good mixture of, of the partying and the going out and the school and ended up, you know, with a scholarship and everything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I did not spend all of high school doing work. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to relate to that. <laughs> I'm See, just frustrated. I didn't spend all of high school doing work, but I, I, there's something in between like, oh man, I studied the whole time and like, I was just at raging parties. It's like, nah, I was doing not work, but I was home alone. <laughs> like, too, mm. like, And I was fine with that, you know? Well, and I, I think they're talking about, it, it's funny because what they're, they're talking about are like multiple issues here, which is, it's all in, when you're young, not just high school, but when you're young, so much of your world is still just through your perspective. It's mm-hmm. so hard for you to see the world from multiple perspectives until you've lived in it more. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is the way I see high school. I'm a brain. I work hard. I will be, I suffer now. I will be rewarded with mm-hmm. great college opportunities in the future. Right. They're the party popular people. Everyone loves them. Their high school experience is amazing, but this is it for them. They peak, mm-hmm. they're done. And it's really easy to try to categorize people like that. And, and they play on that idea, mm-hmm. like, that as you get older, you realize that people don't fit into boxes that well. Right. And there are multiple factors at play. Part of it is that people are more complicated. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you can't judge them just by how they look on the outside. And I think that you also have to, like, factor privilege in there. Like, the the world ain't fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, and- Which are both important lessons yeah. to learn. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I do remember having that concept, like, that once I get to college, everyone's going to be like me, and that'll be fine. And then you kind of get to college, and you go, like, I went to art school, and I still went to art school, and went, oh, that, those are the popular people. Like, those are the jocks. Like, those are the funny, cool dudes. Like, uh, I'm still outside of this all. It's fine, but it's still the same structure. <laughs> and then you go to the workplace, well, and it's like, oh, it's here, too. <laughs> It, it does. I think the key, though, that they, they hit on, you know, that one of the themes of the whole film is that your happiness cannot be in. Re- it cannot be relative. It yeah. cannot be in relation to the people around you. It has to be yours. And it does not matter if someone else that you perceive as having not worked as hard as you or not be as deserving as you for whatever your set of reasons are. It doesn't matter what they get or don't get in terms of whether you should be happy about what you got or didn't got mm-hmm. didn't got yeah or what you didn't got <laughs> well, I, I didn't got it i think a, a achieving or in living in spite of other people is a bad way to go about it but i do remember that feeling of like i'm gonna go out and be somebody in spite of y'all like that's a that's a very high school feeling that you kind of have to confront and get over at some point mm-hmm. yes yes definitely now one thing that's established pretty quickly in the movie that i I would say for me was so foreign and this is going to sound terrible, but it was so foreign for me to see in a movie that I almost found it jarring was how supportive Mm -hmm. these two female leads are of each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That first moment when they're just dancing by their car. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The way they, and when they ask like, how does this look? Um, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I watched this movie with my roommates and we all had this moment where they're standing there like yelling at each other like, oh my God, you look so beautiful. No, you look so beautiful. And just yelling at each other back and forth about how amazing they look. Um, we had this moment where we all were like, oh my God, it's us. That's what we do. It's like one of us gets ready and we all just stand there yelling at them about how good they look and about how pretty they are and everything. <laughs> it was so good. Well, I, and I think, but I think what you're hitting on is that one, obviously I think that's something that has improved over time. Mm-hmm. But I, I also think that there is a reality there that is almost never represented in like high school films of yore. There's always this kind of competition. Mm-hmm. Like even among friends, you get yeah. the it's like it's a very frenemy vibe when it involves high school females. Mm-hmm. Like we we just can't support each other without also secretly comparing ourselves and wanting to beat each other. Yeah. And that's not the truth necessarily. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that there there are strong, supportive, you know, female friendships that are just like the one represented in this movie. Mm-hmm. You just never got to see that because yeah. largely men were making the movies and yeah. they assume that we're all out here fighting each other for that one, that one girl spot that exists in every one realm girl of spot. society, the one girl spot. Well, and I, I, yeah, Exactly. Like that's a, that's a good thing to bring up because that's a narrative that we all, uh, we, we were, I think, indoctrinated with that, like, there's, you know, there's only so much space for women, and so you have to compete with each other, like, mm-hmm. and that's something that is, it is a very refreshing thing, like, to see represented in media, and hopefully that will, you know, be more and more represented. 
Yeah. There's this uh, really cool thing we talked about in my English theory class about how in media there's usually either two like male characters or two female characters that are prevented from having like a full bond because at some point the creator introduces um, a person of the opposite sex or whatever sex they're attracted to to like interfere with their friendship because there can be no friendship there always has to be a romantic connection and i like that in this movie they're just friends there's no like competing over a guy or Mm -hmm. girl or whatever or like one of them liking someone and then not being friends with the other like they they stay friends even though there's like romantic interest it doesn't interfere with friendship their friendship comes first and and they do have conflict in the film but it's the conflict of a relationship between two people who do care about each other and support each other but are hitting a point in their lives where they're both going to change and grow. Mm-hmm. And so the relationship will need to change and grow mm-hmm. too, which is a normal, healthy thing to talk about mm-hmm. that happens in all forms of relationships, whether they be friendship or family yeah. or romantic or whatever. When change happens, the relationship must evolve too. Mm-hmm. And that is the conflict that they sort of confront with each other. And that's a very like adult, mature conversation yeah. and, and also respects the characters and how intelligent we are supposed to mm-hmm. you know accept that they are mm-hmm. and, well and I, I think the focus i mean the relationship in the movie is their friendship and so teen movies of the past it was always about you know the the heteronormative relationship that was supposed to come to pass and like a lot of times even when there were you know side characters that were supportive friends or whatever they were kind of cast aside and it wasn't really reflected upon it was like oh you're just there to be the funny friend or the whatever it's like mm-hmm. i really liked that that was cuz i don't think we really give enough uh credit to how powerful friendships can be in our life i mean how many relationships mm-hmm. from high school last romantically not many but friendships that's that's different those are sometimes lifelong relationships and mm-hmm. we really don't give them as much credit as romantic relationships when i feel like in, in my life they've been far far more important and far more powerful now i want to talk about the series of parties that ensue <laughs> yes all of the parties yes <laughs> Because like any good uh, end of senior year teen movie, you got to have some parties. Right. At least one, maybe multiple. Um, maybe on a boat. And I, yeah, I thought these were also unique and different from what I have, what I am used to traditionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before I talk about partying. Let's check the group message. Um, I want to I wanna talk about our first sponsor this week. I'm going to All right, do it. Do it. Um, our first sponsor this week is HelloFresh. We've we've told you about HelloFresh some before, but we want to tell you about them again. Because HelloFresh makes home-cooked meals simple for you and for everyone. Uh, they make cooking delicious at home a reality, regardless of your comfort in the kitchen. If you're like me, you probably aren't very comfortable in the kitchen. You probably don't really know what you're doing once you get up in there. I know I don't. But HelloFresh makes it so I can act like I know what I'm doing and end up with something really tasty. Um, you can break out of your dinner rut with HelloFresh's 20-plus seasonal chef-curated recipes each week. And there's something for everyone in all of those recipe options, from family recipes to calorie-smart and vegetarian and fun menu series like Hall of Fame and Kraft Burgers. So whatever kind of food you want, they have some for you. And they can easily change your delivery days, food preferences, and skip a week whenever you need. So it's super easy for you, customizable, whatever you want, whatever you need. Um, 
And we want you to try out HelloFresh and love it as much as we do. So, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out HelloFresh, what should they do? Well, you can get nine free meals with HelloFresh. If you go to HelloFresh.com slash stillbuffering9 and use code stillbuffering9. That's HelloFresh.com stillbuffering9 and use code stillbuffering9 for nine free meals. That's a lot of free meals. That's a lot of free meals. Go check that out. Now, I want to tell you about all about our second sponsor this week, StoryWorth. Because it is the holidays. And you know how every Thanksgiving, Dad has to tell us the story about the time that he rode in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade with Ronald McDonald and Soupy Sales, and he threw things at the crowd, and the New York City police officer put him over the back of the car and told him if he threw one more nut or bolt, he was going to put him in jail? Yes. Remember that great story? Yeah, I swear every time you tell it, it passes on the curse like the chicken. (laughs) Well, StoryWorth wants to save us all. No, but seriously, all of your family members love to share and swap stories, but, you know, we can only get together so often, and sometimes there's, you start to realize, like, man, I want to know a lot more, I have so many more questions, Mm -hmm. and now Thanksgiving dinner's over, and everybody's asleep, and I can't ask you any more questions, because you're sleeping off all that turkey, Mm -hmm. turn to StoryWorth, an online service that helps your loved ones tell the story of their lives, with thought-provoking questions, and they get to add their memories and thoughts and tell their own stories. And then you can share them and have a record of them. And they ask you all kinds of different things, like what have been some of your life's greatest surprises or what's the riskiest thing you've ever done? And and then, you know, your loved one can think about it and answer the, the email that they send every week and write the story. And after a year, StoryWorth will compile them all in every que- answer question and the photos you choose to include into a beautiful keepsake book. Then it's shipped for free. Wonderful. So then maybe if we have a recorded version <laughs> of Dad's Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade story, he won't need to tell it to us every year. We can just read it. One can only But help. then how will it get slightly more elaborate every year? <laughs> <laughs> now that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, he'll just well, he'll have to include it in StoryWorth every year that he does there you it. Go. That's fine. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so Tay if our listeners want to check out StoryWorth what should they do well you can preserve and pass on your memories with StoryWorth the most meaningful gift for your family sign up today by going to storyworth.com slash still buffering you'll get 20 bucks off your first purchase that's storyworth.com slash still buffering get that 20 bucks off I want to talk about bow parties and I want to know why I've never been to one so our characters once they decide that they're going to party one time because yes. apparently it didn't matter. They could have been partying all along and they still would have gotten into great colleges. Uh, and they're about to graduate, so they decide the night before graduation they're going to go party. The, they don't know where the party's at. <laughs> so they end up right. going to <laughs> a wrong party. Although it was a party on a boat, which would always be the right party in my book. And like it had all sorts of cool gifts and food and music. And I felt bad for the character that had that party. Yeah. He put a lot of work into that. Mm-hmm. See, I would have never left the boat party. It's like, yeah. so there's nobody here, but all other aspects of a party are present. And Billy Lord, I'm here. I'm going to be here. I was going to say, and Billy <laughs> yeah. Lord's there. Billy Lord's there, and it's on a boat. Uh, well, yeah, and you get, what, like a free iPad? Yeah. Yeah. This, this is great. Full, full no, that was the perfect food. party. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that was the perfect party, and I don't know why they felt the need to leave it. Because it wasn't the party. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they leave boat party and again, think they're going to go to the right party. Mm-hmm. Um, is that when they get, when they have to take an Uber and it's their principal? Yes. 
That is when they have to take an Uber driven by their principal, <laughs> which I can't say I ever experienced that. I like I like one of the things this brought up that they play within the movie, and I know neither of you are going to want to talk about. But I, I know think, exactly what you're going to say. Please don't do it. You're I gonna think do it's it. important. You're going to do it. The funny thing about the scene, other than that, obviously their principal is their driving them to a party yes. and trying to like relate to them and talk to them, and they're uncomfortable and awkward about it, and you know that Teens. that that kind of like obvious joke. The next joke is that they start secretly watching porn in the back of the car. Yes. Uh, for instructional purposes only. Yes. And they, they are, they're sharing their headphones and they're watching the porn. And then he offers to put it through the car. Connect speakers. to the Bluetooth. So their phone connects to the Bluetooth. And, and of course, their principal hears the porn they're listening to. Yes. Or watching. Uh, I thought, what I thought was refreshing about like, oh, it's funny because... You know, principal, sex, it's funny. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, what I thought was funny about or interesting is that it it talks about sexuality and then how normal it is for them to be thinking about it, talking about it, looking at it, <laughs> trying to understand it, both their own like sexual feelings and experiences and desires, as well as like where that fits into the world. Mm hmm. Again, this is not something that in a lot of movies that I grew up with, girls were allowed to do much of. Right. No. Or there was like that one girl in a movie who like the one character who was like into that and all of the other characters that you're supposed to like focus on are like that girl, that girl. As if like there aren't a lot of humans, whatever gender, thinking about sex mm -hmm. and talking about sex and it's okay and mm -hmm. it... it I thought that was really refreshing. Yeah. It made it very normal. I agree. I mean, because it, it, you know, if you look at like, uh, I think like a good comparison would be maybe like Can't Hardly Wait. Mm -hmm. You know, as like a. I can't say I know. You never talk. We're we're gonna, we have to make you watch I feel, Can't Wait. I feel bad because it didn't, it hasn't aged quite as well as you'd hope. Uh, but yeah, you, you should see it. For, for podcast reasons. <laughs> For podcast yeah. reasons, because it it was it was sort of like the prototypical end of senior year party teen movie mm -hmm. from like our era. Yeah, and while there are some some funny things about it, it is very much I feel like falls into that kind of like these outdated traditional gender roles about sex and relationships and mm -hmm. what everybody's looking for and what everybody's interested in and that kind of thing mm -hmm. and, and obviously it everything from the 90s is problematic yeah <laughs> yeah well and you're right so that any any representation of female sexuality was kind of just pushed upon the one hypersexual kind of caricature female and it's like oh that's the one that has sex <laughs> it's like nobody else talks right. about it <laughs> well and it, and it it negates the idea that well of course not everybody talks and thinks about sex there are certainly people who don't it it's a it has nothing to do with gender. Yeah. Yes. Just there are lots of people who talk and think about sex. Yes. And some people don't. And that's all fine. And I just I thought that was very refreshing as uh now an adult woman who feels like through my teen years, any like thinking or talking about sex was gosh, I mean, we didn't much and when we did, it was more like it was always seen through like a guilt thing. Yeah. You won't believe it. I can remember so many times my friends saying, 
oh, I was so bad. You won't believe what I did. I can't believe I did that. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about an experience that they wanted, mm-hmm. consented to, enjoyed, and had, I mean, and, and, and maybe were completely safe in doing so, but still felt the need to present it like, I'm so bad. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that twofold, like, societal expectation of, like, like, you know, women, you don't have sex. Men, you better be having sex. It's like, well, who are who are the who are the boys who are the boys having sex? Well, that's, <laughs> what's, what's that's what I was gonna say is that the I've never seen Can't Hardly Wait, but if there's one you know hypersexualized female character who talk you know she's the one that has sex, who she have a sex with? Because obviously it's with somebody, and there's someone else involved, whether a female or male. Like there's someone else in there that's that's doing it. And considering it was a '90s movie, I'm going to assume probably yeah. men. I was gonna say not, not and, to count out homosexual like, relationships, but once again, you're right, '90s. So no, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like that was not represented. You know, anything but a heteronormative relationship was not represented in earlier movies very often. But like, it's not a bad thing for men. You don't talk about how many times men have sex in movies. You don't make them feel bad for having sex or being sexual. You you might make them feel bad for not. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean that's. Well, that's like uh, isn't, isn't that the isn't Breakfast that... Club? The whole plot line, like the the no. nerd is <laughs> has never had sex. Well, that might be a plot. That's not the main. Well, I'm not saying that's say... the whole plot line. I'm saying like they make him feel bad. So I'm like, what you have? It? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, definitely. Yeah. If you were found out to be, you know, to have not had sex, and yeah. and you were male back then, yeah. Um, but I, I was gonna say in that American Pie. Gosh, it's been so long since I've seen that yeah, movie. That movie's super sexual. And I think that that's the whole thing, right? They're going to have sex. Yeah. Like they they have to have sex before they go to college. I think that's that's a plot. I a think that's the whole movies, plot. It, yeah. yeah, I got to be honest. That was one that I watched one time and went, mm, no, not for me. <laughs> no. The only no. the only thing that I thought was true at all about that is I believe that's where they introduced the idea of the like highly sexualized experiences that people were having at band camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I was not in the band, but as a member of the show choir, I can attest that. Ew, 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 <laughs> ew! Please. Well, everybody stop. thought that they we were all nerds, and that the band were full of nerds, and that nobody was doing anything. But you just had no ew, idea stop, what stop. was happening. Please on stop, those trips. Sydney. Please. Oh my God. I'm oh, just God. saying. Please. Oh, Riley. <laughs> I've let it go on for so long. <laughs> You're my sister. <laughs> I'm just saying. But I think that was the only thing that I, that was not one I returned to. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, I just thought, well, obviously the joke here is, and now their principal knows they were watching porn. I, I thought it was refreshing to see them talk and they do, they talk about sex and they're not, they in no way are shaming each other. Yeah. And, and I, or shaming themselves. And I thought that that was nice. Yeah, I agree. They go to the next party, which is a murder mystery dinner party. That's the party I would have been at. <laughs> Can I just okay, say? So, so we're we're understanding that I would have stayed at the first party, Riley. You would have you the second party. That's where you would have stayed. I s- you would. I would have been yeah. all up in. Do I? I guess I'm the one who ends up at the popular party. I would have been all up in that murder mystery party. Oh my gosh! They all had characters and costumes, and it was a dinner party. There was food. Oh my gosh! I would have been all up in that party. Can I say that? Well, I don't know that that would have been the party for me necessarily. I would like that. Uh, not my ideal party, probably. That's my ideal party. If I had been dating Justin McElroy at the time, <laughs> that would have been the party you were at. We would have been at that party. Yeah. I would have been hosting the party. 
Yes, we would have been throwing the party. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been your party. Uh, no, that looked like a fun party. They do, yes. of course, have like the, um, I feel like that's the classic teen movie. They have to have a drug experience. Yeah, and they turn into Barbie dolls, mm-hmm. which I thoroughly enjoyed. <laughs> very strange, but I enjoyed it too. I enjoyed it very much. <laughs> uh, and then they finally end up arriving at the at the right party uh they finally quote quote. yes the the right the one that they the one they were trying to get yes. to i should say yeah uh because we have now by now uncovered that molly is interested in the guy throwing the party yes and they get their english teacher to drive them yes i did relate to that part very much being friends with your english teacher and wanting her to like think you're cool and wanting to like actually have her number and hang out with her after you graduate See, I'm, I was really uh, <laughs> no nope. cool English teacher. Oh, well, okay. at, at the beginning of the film where the English teacher gives the number to the two girls and then the other girl who turns out to be like uh, the hookup for the, the one like queer character, like mm-hmm. when uh-huh. she's like, oh, your English te- teacher gave you your number. And I clocked there's like queer moment. Ah, no, you're, you're so used to reading into things and hoping that it's gay, but it's definitely not going to be gay. And then it was. And I was like, and yes. then it was gay. <laughs> yeah. Right. That was there yeah. For me. I do uh, really appreciate, we'll get back to the party, but I did really appreciate that one, one of the two main female characters was not straight. And that was, I don't want to say it was good that it was not a huge plot point, but I do appreciate that it was not a huge, big ordeal made out of the fact that she liked girls. Oh, I- it was just kind of like, oh, the person you have a crush on is right there and it is a girl. And that was pretty much the whole conversation about it. And then it was about her wanting to be with girls like that. I really like that. I really appreciated well, that. Yeah. Even like in the, the car scene, which Riley, I won't make you relive, but it's, it's, it's Thank you. lesbian porn that they're looking at. So it's like her friend's like, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's figure this out together. Let's watch some porn. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah. Awesome. And I, I like her. I like her. Um, they, they make it. They play it for laughs. But like her hyper supportive parents. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Who are like, we, but I thought it was, I thought again, it was kind of refreshingly honest because the, what they're saying is we're not really sure what to say, but we love you. And all we want you to know is that we love and accept you. Yeah. And we, we don't want to say anything wrong to like make you feel unsupported or so we are just so open to everything, to everything, (laughs) to everything Yeah, as a way to like make sure I, I just thought that was. That was re- that was well, nice. Yeah, you it know. actually it reminded me of mom and dad. The the one Christmas that I brought home a roommate, a, a female roommate, and like it, she was my straight <laughs> female roommate. But they're like, you know what? She's really great, though. We really like her. You know, you could like, what's going on there? Like, we like her a lot. <laughs> it's like it, she's my roommate. She's great. But thank you so much. This means a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also liked that neither of the main characters looked like your standard female protagonist of a teen movie mm-hmm. for literally every single teen movie I think I've ever seen which is not to say they weren't beautiful because they were but you know like the teen movies you see from like the 90s and early 2000s you have the girl who's very thin and clear skin and pretty and there's always like weird plot lines about like no one likes her and she wants to date someone but also it's like the, if that kind of girl went to my high school that'd be like the, you know the best looking person there like obviously this is a very beautiful actress like what do you mean it's it's so hard to understand that kind of stuff as an adult i was watching the one of the descendants movies (laughs) with charlie uh again and there's a character that they're all talking they're all kind of teasing her about her hair and I'm, i'm staring at her hair going 
what's wrong? Like, I can't, I feel like I'm, what's wrong? With I, like I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Like I'm having a stroke or something. Like I'm looking at this girl's hair and it's just normal hair. It's just hair. It's just hair. Why are they, why? And I realize like, oh, this is supposed to be the unattractive character. Yes. And it's so baffling to me because first of all, I mean, they're all gorgeous. Yeah. They're all beautiful. <laughs> Everybody they in are. those Descendants movies, they're all beautiful people. Every single human. Yes. And like, there's there's nothing wrong with this character's hair. And I was so, and then I realized like, oh, they have to do that in movies. Mm-hmm. Like they pretend, like they can trick you mm-hmm. into buying into this narrative that there's this unattractive person when you're yeah. going there. No. 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 I mean, even with the casting, because like they, they cast people that looked like they could be 16, 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Which, you know, in the 90s, like a teen movie was full of like 25 to probably 30 year olds. (laughs) Yes. So like the concept of like what was sexy and what was attractive and even what should I look like was so skewed because I'm watching like, you know, like all of these completely grown, like fully developed adults. I'm like, how is that's the nerdy one and that's the the hot one, but they all just look like grownups and I'm nowhere near that. Well, Well, I know you think about like Greece. <laughs> yeah, go even further back, and it's like Olivia and John was in her in her thirties. <laughs> yeah, or I mean, it still happens. Look at Riverdale and all the people on there. If you look at how old they're supposed to be, they should be younger than I am in real life, and they're all like ten years older than me. The youngest one is still <laughs> older than me, and they're all supposed to be like seventeen years old, and they're all beautiful and attractive. Yeah, I, f- I felt like these were believable. They're very re- all of the characters in the entire movie were all very realistic like you, yeah. looking and acting and and everything. Like if you look back at your high school yearbook now, like Riley, you're you're still close to that. But Sid, like, and then you look at like who was, yeah. who were the hot people, quote unquote, and like who were the nerds. It's like we all look like what what were you doing? <laughs> like, you are babies and you don't know how hair works. Like it's fine, but what? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I look back at my senior picture and I think I look so good and my lips are so berry. <laughs> and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> Sydney, what were you doing? My eyebrows were just an angry line and I thought that was good. <laughs> That's like the really great video I found of Sydney from her freshman or sophomore year of college. That was so rough. The eyebrows, the lips. Again, they were very berry. You kept that look for was, a while. It was very early Buffy. Is it what was, it was early it Buffy. Was, it it, it was from like at, 2005. If you look at my look at end of high school and into the beginning of college, it was like Buffy Summers circa season one yeah. and two. Hardcore. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, the, uh, so the party happens and... Of course, I and I felt like this was kind of, again, like falling into kind of the themes I recognize. They both have the idealized person that they're that they're seeking at these parties. Mm-hmm. They're, they each have their crush. And alas, again, spoilers, turns out their crushes are crushing on each other. Oh. So, which um, is, which is, I mean, it's in, in the teenage world that is heartbreaking. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I felt that. I was, I'm still close enough to high school where I was like oof yeah that's mm-hmm. yeah um I will say though I did have one experience that felt very similar to something in the movie and that was when the police show up at the party you you had a party like that <laughs> that oh, wait, yes yeah that. yes because right. I showed up and pretended to be the adult I mean I wasn't you adult, were the adult but I didn't I because mom and dad weren't there mom called me was like the police are at our house and Riley was having a party get up there and I go up there and I'm like I put on my like work you put you intentionally put on like your 
you know, hospital my, sweatshirt. My Marshall Health pullover yeah. that has like Dr. McRoy on it. So I would look very official. I'm like, hi, I'm Dr. McRoy. I'm her older sister. I live down the street. But uh, <laughs> it seems to be the trouble officer. One of the one of the main characters like sacrifices herself to the police for everyone else to get out. Yeah. Right. Like yes. runs in front of them Amy. and gets arrested. Um, Amy and Molly are the two Amy. main characters. Yeah. Amy, and, Amy sacrifices herself. And I, I also, when the police showed up at my house, I was like, here, I, I was sobbing. I was like, I'll do it. I'll talk to him. You all just run. Just leave. It's fine. It's my house. I take responsibility. I'm going to go to jail. I'm never going to go to college, but it's fine. It was very much like the moment that Taylor and I were caught being tardy yeah. for oh, class. Right. And the, the assistant principal stopped us in the hallway and said, you all stand here. I'm going to go get a pen and paper and take down all your names. And as soon as he disappeared, I was like, run, Taylor, run. <laughs> I'm at the end of my high school career. Yours is just beginning. <laughs> oh, man. I, and I did run. I feel bad in retrospect, but uh, I was a scared. It, it was the right move. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, yeah, you've had that experience. Yes. Would you say it was like that? Although you didn't get taken to no. jail. I didn't go to jail. And I, I don't believe that someone actually would have oh, gone to jail. I thought that in, seemed a little. Yeah. In my experience, if if at least around here, police show up at a party where there there's underage drinking, which is what she went to jail for. Right. Yeah. Underage no, drinking? she doesn't she jump in the cop car. Oh, maybe that's what it was. I forget. It's been a while since either Sydney or I have seen this movie, but if it was for underage drinking, they wouldn't take someone to jail for that. She d- That's she more of like a warning. more than just well, that. Because it has it to be more than that. It goes off on the cops. I mean, she makes a big scene yeah. so everybody can escape. Yeah, it's it's more than just that. I mean, and you can... Yeah. Uh, if you're just underage drinking, the cops probably aren't going to take you in, but if you're public in talks, yeah. then that's... I mean, that's yeah. a much bigger deal. But, uh, yeah. I, I talk like, like I've ever every... been arrested for... And I have not... Right. Please... I have not been arrested for public intoxication. <laughs> Nor have I. <laughs> um, I one thing that I was expecting going into it was after everything I heard about it, I thought it was going to be this very hyper-realistic take on high school and partying. And it actually still had a lot of the kind of fantastical elements that I was used to from teen movies. One of those being like, yes. oh no, she's in the slammer. Like, you know, like like all of the kind of goofy, like... Like the way that they end the movie with them driving in and breaking through a fence in the car, and the one character's like, "Oops, my car." It's like that's fine. Like, there's still a bit of like kind of it's a teen movie, which I actually enjoyed. Like they didn't, they weren't trying to make mm-hmm. some like, oh, like this is real. Like no, we're just we're making a teen movie. We're just making it for this generation, and we're bringing in things that are yeah. are relevant to them, which I thought was cool. Which uh, I, and that was the that was the thing that I really enjoyed too is that it. For me, the things that they would say to each other and like when it was just the two of them and the way they acted towards each other, it revealed the fact that uh, I grew up and Taylor, you probably agree with this. Riley, I would say that this is a different experience for you. Mm -hmm. When I grew up, I constantly felt at odds with what was expected of me in terms of me being a female. I constantly felt like there were... There were things I was supposed to be doing and saying and not supposed to be doing or saying that never like I don't I don't understand why this has to be what it means to be a female. And in this movie, there's so many times that they're gross or funny or ridiculous or silly or like and not in like a oh silly girl way Mm -hmm. like 
crude in ways that traditionally only, especially in movies, only boys can right. be. And I just, I really appreciated playing with all that um, and, and talking about that. And it, it felt like a movie that was not made by I, men oh, absolutely. to me. It felt so strong. Like yes. I felt parts of my brain I do agree with that up yeah. there like I could see things the way that I saw life and the world when I was younger I saw that on the screen and that's rare well and cause, cause you're, you're right because there's such that that, that idea that I think it hope I mean it, that should die uh, is like females bond over shared insecurities you know like that scene mm-hmm. in Mean Girls where they all look in the mirror and like have to say their flaws and like mm-hmm. that's so it's a very tenuous bond because it's like our insecurities are yeah. what draws together, but we also have revealed our insecurities to each other. And it's just, you don't really see that. And that's really like, like just how much they gas each other up. And I, I remember even having that feeling like as like in high school, I mean, I wasn't friends with people like that. Like my female friends, we were all nerds. Like we had removed ourselves from the female equation. Cause it was just like, no, we're, we don't, we don't go to parties. We, we watch anime. We, we don't talk. We, we're not interested in sex. This is great. We can exist. No one sees us, but we can exist. And and it's it's really true that like now the other than my other than you know my family <laughs> when I think about my female friendships, um, I feel totally supported and like in no competition. And we share things and we talk about things honestly. And I know that like, because I work with, with my two closest female friends, I know that when I like propose something, they're both going to back my play instantly. I know that if I like take a side on something or if they do, I'll be right there with them. Like it's, it's really nice. And that's the reality of the, the female friendships that I've formed as an adult Mm -hmm. is that it's not one of, you know, secret sniping at each other behind each other's backs or talking about each other or you know feeling bad about ourselves and and like sharing that it's very much like we are strong and we are tough and we enjoy each other's company and we support each other wholeheartedly because we believe in each other and which i think is just non-gendered healthy friendship and i I think that sure that kind of cliche male friendships come with completely different but similar like expectations of like how you're supposed to interact and I just we all just need to move past that and to like you know what works for all of us being supportive like encouraging each other exactly like it works for it's no no gender needed yeah I'm I'm still a baby adult but all my college friends thus far I've had very similar relationship and friendship experiences which is good that is that's good, good. and um, I, I could talk for book smart forever and we will talk about it again at some point I'm sure um, but that is all the time we have this week, folks. <laughs> well, you should see the film. We didn't. Yes. We didn't. We didn't completely spoil it. There's still more that happens at the of very course. end. But, um, but you should see it if you haven't, because it it's so enjoyable. It's so funny and smart and book smart. You can't use that joke. There boy. you go. No, it's like I I. It's like a callback. Like oh, I, I see. I, it was like bookends like a, I, to the podcast. Yeah, or uh, Olivia Wilde. Yep directed it right yes uh such a so talented so now realizing that's her husband that plays the principal oh i didn't realize that full circle jason sudeikis um but olivia wilde anyways. is so talented also, yes really good. and then this is Just a great movie. billy lord's character <laughs> that's who i wish i'd been in high school 
so amazing. God, What's so going good. On with that magical creature. Every character she plays is just what I want always. And I, I also feel like that from doing this podcast, I knew this, but if you're an adult and you have no idea what's happening with teens in 2019, I feel like this movie gives yeah. you some insight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or our podcast. Or you could listen yeah, to our podcast. Have, you have us every week. It's just one movie. Or you could go to MaximumFun.org and listen to a lot there of great podcasts. Yeah. Did you see that? How I did that? I, right that there? was good. Uh, you um, also, before I tell you all the other things that I tell you every week. Bit.ly slash Candle Nights Stars 2019. There you go. Is what you were going to say. Yes. Thank you. I was we, double checking. Yes. I didn't want to mess it up. Um, just hit our goal of $10,000 raised for contact, uh, 24 hour sexual assault crisis center here in Huntington. Um but Which why stop there? Exactly. Why stop there? That's just a first goal. We want 10 more goals like we have every year. And I want to give them as much as as much as possible because they do great work here in Huntington. And um, yeah, and we really back. we really appreciate you. If you've donated to Candle Night Stars. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've so done a much. wonderful thing for a very important cause in our community. And uh, and we appreciate it so much. If you haven't and you want to, please do. You'll get your name on a star. Five dollars is all it takes. Yep. As little as five bucks on the Candle Nights stage. Uh, bit.ly forward slash Candle Nights Stars 2019 is where you go to, yeah. to do that if you can. And you can tweet at us at stillbuff and you can email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Mind. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And I was two. When can I sniffle? No, you can't. Go crazy. Go crazy. Go wild. Sniffle and crunch neckos all afternoon. Hi, it's me, April Wolf, the host of Switchblade Sisters and co-writer of the new horror film, Black Christmas. And I'm Katie Walsh, film critic and occasional host of Switchblade Sisters. We're here to announce that for one episode, we will be doing something a little different. Much like Jeff Goldblum and David Cronenberg's The Fly, I will be going through a truly disturbing transformation. April will transform from the interviewer into the interviewee. I will be asking her all about her new film, Black Christmas, her writing process, and ongoing existential dread. But I will also be discussing John Carpenter's perfect masterpiece, Prince of Darkness. You guys seen any movies you like? So tune in to Switchblade Sisters for a -a one-of-a-kind episode with April Wolf and me, Katie Walsh. See you then. Only the corrupt I listen to now. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.